Welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast. This is the weekly show where we talk about all things money and finance and where we give you information to help you make the best financial decisions possible. So if you want to buy your first home, you want to be better with money, you want to learn how to invest, where to begin, this is the show for you. I'm your host, Peter Komalafe. I'm so thrilled to have you here. So without further ado, let's get going with this week's show. Good morning. Oh my God. Interesting weekend, huh? Um, I wanted to spend this episode of the podcast to focus on some of the stuff that we learned over the weekend with Lockdown 2.0 and talk about some of the help that is available. We haven't got much, if I'm completely honest, but we know a couple of things I want to speak about. And I'm sure that we're going to um, hear from Rishi Sunak through the week with further details of what is going to be made available. I don't know if I can only speak for myself, but I feel as though this is something that whilst it was expected and we knew it was going to be a possibility is nonetheless still a little bit of a gut punch, especially this close to Christmas. And I can only sympathize and empathize with people who have families, who have kids who have you know, seen the disruption this year with school and now possibly look at Christmas being non-existent. And that can be very, very difficult if you're in that situation, particularly with Michael Gove coming out today and saying that this may need to be extended past the one month that uh, Boris announced yesterday. Um, it's just one of those ones, really. It's it's a difficult situation. And you know what? I wouldn't want to be Boris. I wouldn't want to have to make these decisions. They're necessary decisions. And we can criticise whether it's being done in the at the right time or whether he's being overreactive or or whatever then i'm sure that there are loads of variables that come into this that we don't get to see but this the decision has been made and there's nothing we can do about it apart from execute and try and look after ourselves and to begin this podcast i think i want to do the most important thing of all and that is just check in with everybody around how you are doing how are you because in the midst of all of this, it's really important that we look after the most important thing, which is our health and our mental health in particular. Because, you know, for many people, this is depressing. It is anxiety inducing, particularly if you're, you were already worried about your job. And you're thinking, right, how am I going to pay my rent? How am I going to pay the mortgage? How am I going to feed the kids? And so on and so forth. It's definitely definitely depressing if you're running your own business you're an employer you're self-employed i mean jesus there's nothing for the self-employed right now and i find myself in that category so you guys know my story and i might recap that a bit later on it is a gut punch undoubtedly it's a gut punch but we are where we are so let's check in with ourselves we have to be able to think about the things that matter looking after ourselves, making sure that we regulate our mental health because we don't want to lose that. We want to, you know, think about the things that we are thankful for. And whilst right now it might seem as though there isn't much to be thankful for, believe me, there will be. There will be stuff that you are thankful for. So just take like a few minutes today and just take a step back and forget lockdown. Just think about the things that you are thankful for, family, your health, so on and so forth. And just, you know, realize that that takes precedent above everything else yes there are going to be financial pressures that come off the back of this but the financial pressures 
are not as important as the things that you are thankful for. So I think that's really an important place to start this episode of the podcast. Um, and hopefully you guys will pick up a few things that will be useful for you. So let's move on to the stuff that we do know. So in the news this morning, we know that the furlough scheme is going to be extended, or I should say reintroduced on original terms. What I mean by that is the furlough scheme was obviously um, tiered back over the months to ensure that employers started to contribute more towards that, that, that bill. Um, from what was announced yesterday, the furlough scheme is going to be extended for another month and it's going to be extended at the original 80% of wages capped at two and a half thousand pounds. So that is really, really good news. At least people know that, you know, if you were in a position where your job was in danger, your employer has the ability to still keep you on for another month and you can at least get up to two, two, two and a half thousand pounds to cover your bills. The big question with this is going to be, and this is where I really want to start challenging and asking questions and maybe giving a few pointers, is if you were worried about paying rent, your mortgage, how you're going to keep the lights on and all that kind of stuff, now more than ever, you have to have a look at how you're going to make that money go as far as possible. As far as possible. Particularly if this does get extended into Christmas and into the new year. You have to really sit down and think about how you're going to stretch your money that you're earning right now, that you have coming in right now, as far as possible. And that means, guys, making some really tough decisions if you need to, being brutal, being honest with yourself. And that is sitting down with a piece of paper and writing everything that you have going out of your account onto a piece of paper and looking at it dispassionately and saying, well, if this is something that I could do without, cut it, if you have to cut it. If things are tight, really, really tight, cut it. Make that sacrifice. It's a short-term sacrifice. But it's something we have to do. We have to be honest with ourselves. We have to sit down. We have to be pragmatic. So one of those things is sitting down with your expenses, making sure you cut fat. Because potentially, if you haven't got an emergency fund, which is so important right now, you are going to be relying on every single pound, every single penny that you have right now, and you need to stretch it as far as possible. The second thing that we know that may help towards this is the fact that they are extending the mortgage payment holiday. So originally, I thought that the mortgage payment holiday was only for three months. At some point, it seems that they've extended it for six months. So this is what is going to happen. This is what we do know. The mortgage repayment holiday is going to be extended for a further three months, which means you can take up to six months of a mortgage repayment holiday. Now, if you took a mortgage repayment holiday during lockdown 1.0 and you had the full three months, you can contact your lender and extend it for another three months. So in this conversation of making sure that your money goes as far as possible, this is a big conduit to that because essentially your mortgage is likely one of your biggest outgoings if you can defer that for three months then there's a good bit of money that you can save and retain for use later on, i.e. stretching your money as far as possible. Now, if you haven't had a mortgage payment at all, you can now apply for a mortgage repayment holiday for a full six months. So that's really, really worthwhile bearing in mind. Now, if you have taken a mortgage repayment holiday and you've had six months already, and this is the bit that surprised me, you need to contact your lender 
and ask them about a support plan. So what kind of plan can they put together to support you during this difficult time? Really important to stress. This does not mean cancel your debit and just automatically take a mortgage repayment holiday. You have to speak to your lender and you have to come to a mutual agreement to say, yes, you can take a mortgage repayment holiday. Now, in the article that I was reading, there needs to be a little bit more um, clarification from the FCA on how this is actually going to operate. We should hear more this week. So just, don't just pick up your phone, like literally this morning, and speak to your lender because they probably don't have all of the directives, all of the guidelines from the FCA just yet. But keep an eye out for the news around news about this this week because something I'm sure will come out in respect to that. One thing I do have to touch on, and this will be for renters, because renters won't have this luxury of they've got a mortgage so they can contact a lender to obviously um, take a repayment holiday. One thing that is going to be really important for you if you're a renter is to have a conversation with your landlord or your housing association, whoever it is that you're renting your property from. Really, really important that you have an open conversation with them. And you know what, guys? I said this once before on a previous episode speaking about this stuff, and I'm going to say it here again because now it's even more timely. This is not a time to feel ashamed, to bury your head in the sand, to think that you're a failure in some way or you feel helpless in some way. Like, this is, these are unprecedented times. These are, you know, unique circumstances. We've never been here before. Like, this is not your fault. It's not my fault. It's nobody's fault. This is just something that has happened this year. So don't feel embarrassed to ask for help to have these conversations with people. If you're going to speak to your mortgage lender or your personal loan provider, your credit loan provider, a credit card provider, or your car finance company, there is a good chance that the person you're speaking to is in exactly the same boat as you. So there are many some people exactly in the same boat, right? So don't feel ashamed. Don't feel, you know, any particular way about having to ask for help. You need to ask for help. Asking for help is actually a sign of strength. So don't bury your head in the sand. Front this head on and, you know, attack it head on and ask for help. Have conversations around what plans can be put together to support you. Now, obviously, we've got some actual directive from the government on things like mortgages. So that's a good thing. Um, and that's simply to keep the head, the roof over your head, I should say. And with mortgages, if you do take a payment holiday, the impact is minuscule, if you, especially if you're on a long-term mortgage, say 20, 25 years, even 10 years, you taking a three-month payment holiday or six-month payment holiday, they can just add that onto your mortgage and you'll pay it back over the term of your mortgage. So the difference in your monthly payments when you resume payments will be pounds and pence, really, to be honest. It shouldn't be anything too significant. So have those conversations. If you've got credit card, uh, personal loans, car finance, again, have those conversations. If you're a renter, speak to your landlord, speak to your house association and come up with a plan with them that you both agree upon. The other thing that I want to spend the rest of this, um, this episode speaking about is just, I don't know how to position this specifically, but I'm, I'm going to share my own experience of what's happened through, through this um, pandemic. And I find myself in a, I wouldn't say in a unique position. I find myself in a really weird position, if I'm completely honest. Because if you guys follow me on YouTube and you've listened to some of the previous episodes, you probably know 
that this year, in January, I went into a completely new business to head up a new project, exciting stuff. COVID happened, and then that put, put an end to my placement. And because I was new to the business, I didn't get a massive redundancy check or anything like that to fall back upon to know I've got some cash in the bank. I didn't have that. And therefore, I find myself in a position now where I am I'm fully self-employed. I set up a business for the podcast. I set up a business for the YouTube channel. I do some one-on-one work with people as well. So I've set up a business and I fall into the category of people who currently have no help whatsoever coming through from the government. Now, if you are in a position where you're either self-employed, you're running your own business, you started your own business, but you haven't yet reported uh, accounts or profits for the first year, then you're like me, you're in no man's land with no help whatsoever. And that can be really, really daunting. I, I consider myself very, very lucky because, you know, this pandemic for me has meant that I've had to make some very strategic choices around my finances and that has entailed paying off all debt that's allocating cash that i had to pay off all debt so that's my car finance my my small credit card balance so now i'm lucky enough to say that i have no debt whatsoever i've got no overdrafts no credit cards no personal loans no car finance i've got a mortgage that's it i find myself fortunate to be in that position and it was my choice to allocate a large sum of money to get myself in this position because for me I knew that I was going to be starting a new business I was going to be starting from scratch and I didn't want the burden of knowing that I needed to find two and a half thousand pounds a month for my bills for example right now I've got them down to down to the minimal amount necessary and I've still got some luxuries in there I can cut those out if I need to and I've got and I've got an emergency fund so I'm lucky in that regard I say that to say this, if you are in a position where you don't have an emergency fund, you do have credit cards, personal loans, car finance, mortgage, rent, all these things, then the first thing that I've mentioned around controlling and really paying attention to the money you have going out right now is so important, really, really important. You have to control it. You have to really control it. Cut fat, cut fat. If you haven't got an emergency emergency fund, especially so. I'm looking at my emergency fund right now and it is for an emergency. I'm not going to dip into that unless I absolutely have to. But again, I found myself in a fortunate place. You may be self-employed or starting a new business in exactly the same place and I know exactly how that feels. And this kind of leads me on to the big challenge and the the thought-provoking segment that I really want to talk about because, again, I've said this so many times before, We need to be more prepared for situations like this. History tells us that this is going to happen again. We know it's going to happen again. The question is, are we going to be prepared, better prepared, the next time this happens? What are we going to learn from all of this? Now, I know that many people who have been through the first lockdown will have realized that Actually, we spend our money on a load of rubbish because when the shops are closed and we had nowhere to go, we were saving money. We were saving a lot of money. And it makes you question, where does our money actually go? Now, this isn't a frugality talk because I don't necessarily believe in frugality. I believe in balance. And that's really, really important for me. We go in nine to five, 
then you absolutely need to do the things that you enjoy doing. But I think coming out of lockdown back in August, we kind of like tried it. We were getting back to normal and then maybe money was going into places where we forgot that maybe we need to be a bit tactful, strategic around that spending. We might have overindulged in some, in some places that we find ourselves here again. And I question, did we learn? Did we learn under the assumption that we might be back here, so maybe we should be a little bit careful? Did we? Maybe we did, maybe we didn't. But the bigger question is this, and this is where the challenge really lies. During lockdown 1.0, did we actually explore options? And I know for a fact in the insurance industry, they've had a boom, a surge of interest in insurance policies, income protection policies to be specific, and for good reason. An income protection policy can protect your income up to 80% of what you earn every single month, or maybe 70%, depending on who you use, every single month. And you can take these policies out to pay you until 65 for years for a monthly premium. Now, clearly with COVID, the insurance industry has pivoted and won't provide COVID-specific cover. However, you can still take any income insurance policies for things like accidents, you're unable to work, uh, disability, all those kind of things. Things that you have no control over that might just happen, come out of the woodwork and affect your life massively, impact your life massively and could significantly reduce your earning potential moving forward. Now, I don't know about you, but living on beans and toast is not fun for anybody. So the question is, did we learn? And the bigger question is this. If what I've just described is news to you, listen to this podcast. Why is that news to you? And this is my big problem with everything in terms of how financial education is set up in this country. Money, money is, again, it's a language. We're not taught the game. We're not taught the language. And we're just left to fend for ourselves. So when situations like this come about, where do you go? Where do you go for help? Are your banks helping you right now? Are your banks giving you any guidance whatsoever? Where are you getting your help from? Are you getting your help from watching YouTube and listening to podcasts like this? Yeah, they're giving you mortgage repayment holiday breaks and all this kind of other stuff. But where is the financial education coming from as an adult? Where do you go to when you have questions of, what do I do? How do I, how do I budget this? How, how, do I, how do I navigate this? Where are you going? We don't get taught this stuff in school, which in 2020 is an absolute travesty. And I know you guys have heard me speak about this, and I must sound like a broken record, but this needs to change. We need to know the rules of this game. We need to understand this language. It's like sitting down to play chess with a, with a, with a grandmaster as a complete and utter novice. You're going to get wiped out. When is this going to change? I like to think that I'm doing my part, but what is going on? What is going on? We are programmed wrong, completely wrong. How many of us are in positions where we go to work every single day, we earn really good money, we have surplus income, surplus income that we really could be put into better use, but we just go spend it anyway. And we don't allocate it to things that can protect our lifestyle, i.e. things like income protection. You could have £400, £500, £300, £200 surplus income every month. What do we do? We spend it on instant gratification, on YOLO. You only live once. 
FOMO, fear of missing out. We don't think about, actually, I've got this amount of money left over. Can I allocate some of this to an income protection policy to protect my income? Should I not be able to ever work so I don't have uh, a, a complete decimation of my lifestyle? We're not thinking that way because we're not taught it. We're not thinking of, right, I need to be invested in the stock market and accumulating wealth because if something like this happens again, I might have an investment portfolio that I can either access or generate an income from. We're not taught this stuff. What on earth is going on? Who needs to take responsibility for this? This needs to be taught to us in schools. And this is where I get really not. You could probably hear it. And I'm getting on my soapbox now, and I apologize, guys, but I feel passionately about this. Money habits are formed in us from the age of seven. Age of seven. So if you haven't got it by then, because you don't get it from school or from the family, and family really is key to this equation, then you're already scuppered. Then you don't get any further or additional or even initial introduction to money and financial education when you're in school. You get to adulthood and you do what happens to me. You take out credit cards, overdrafts, not really knowing what things are, thinking it's free money, debt, credit rating, completely destroyed. You have to work years to get, to get it right. How on earth is this happening? We need to change it. And, and, and the, pit, the, the most shameful thing is that as adults, we now have to take that responsibility as adults. And you know how hard it is to learn a new language when you're an adult. It's easy to pick up languages when you're a kid, but it's difficult to pick up new languages as an adult. Literally, try learning Italian or Spanish as an adult. It's difficult. Now, we need to learn this as adults. And now we have the distraction of nine to five family, trying to buy houses, keeping food on the table, keeping the lights on, keeping up with the Joneses, as irrelevant as that last one is. We've got to contend all of that and learn a new language. How on earth is this sustainable? It's not sustainable for us as adults in this generation. It's not sustainable. It hasn't been sustainable for the generation before us. And it's definitely not sustainable for the kids, the next generation that are coming behind us. It is completely unsustainable and it needs to change. And I hope that I'm doing my small little part to help. But this is one thing that I learned this week. I was actually listening to one of my, one of my friends. He's been on this podcast, actually, Tyrone. He put it beautifully. He goes, the four things about money that we are not taught that are simplistic, fundamental, and easy for us to understand is there are four things we need to do when it comes to money. We need to learn how to earn it. We need to learn how to grow it. We need to learn how to protect it and to transfer it, pass it on. Earn, grow, protect, pass it on. That's all we need to master in life when it comes to money. Because that right there gives you the, key, the blueprint to money and creating a lifestyle, creating a life that matters that fulfills you with money delivering the things that help you do the things that you want to do. And opposed to just living life, going nine to five, and then just being lost in the chaos of it all. And if there's ever a time in history that highlights this more than ever, it's right now. Millions of people being worried about paying in rent. There was a Telegraph um, article I was reading. It looked at a pool of high earners who are now literally on the breadline because they lost their job. 
redundancy because of COVID. High earners. 50K plus. How on earth does this happen? How? How? How does this happen? Mindset, education, the lack of. This needs to change. Which leads me on to the next thing that I want to talk about and challenge people on. Our education system is completely and utterly messed up. And I'm going to tell you why. And I'm going to tell you how, in this context of COVID, it's brought to light more than ever. The stupidest thing we get taught in school, the stupidest thing we get taught in school is you're going to graduate, leave school, get a job, sweet. That's what we're told. There is no talk of the best way to generate or live a comfortable life is to have multiple income streams. And there is a social media narrative which backs this up, which I absolutely freaking detest, right? Detest it. The narrative goes like this. If you're working nine to five, you're doing something wrong. You should be an entrepreneur. You're trading time for money. You're making somebody else rich by you spending your time, trading your time for money to benefit another man. I hate that narrative because, number one, I don't believe that everybody is built to be an entrepreneur, to own their own business. I don't believe that at all. Many people's skill set, actually the vast majority of people's skill set, is set and it works really, really well to be a member of a of a business as an integral part of the club of the engine that makes a business succeed and being rewarded handsomely for it. And there is no shame in that. But social media will have you believe that there is, that there is shame in not being an entrepreneur, in not being a business owner, in not being the master of your own destiny. That narrative needs to absolutely go. But I say that to say this, the biggest bit of BS we get taught in our schools is we need to rely on one income source. And now more than ever highlights this more than, more than ever in, on multiple planes. Because if you rely on one source of income, i.e. your employer, when you get made redundant, what happens? We need to be focusing on how can we generate other sources of income? i.e. what skills do we have to, to, to start up a side hustle that can give us additional income? How can we use our disposable income to provide a portfolio of investments that can generate an income or be accessed later on in life? The next pandemic, the next recession, the next market crash. That's what we should be taught in school. Life skills. So where on earth is this going wrong and what needs to happen? And I know I speak about this all the time, but this is just the highlight of it all. We're going to go into Christmas in 2020 in lockdown, potentially. I hope, I hope that statement is wrong. But look how long it took for us to get the R rate down the last time we went into lockdown. It took us like three to four months. The R rate is nearly 1.6, higher than what it was before. They think they can do this in four weeks? I hope so, but I'm not hopeful. And I think from a politi politics point of view, Boris is playing, I think, a little bit safe. Eh, one month, we might extend it. Rip the bandaid off now and say, look, it's going to take us two, three months to be able to get this right. We need to be really, really cautious. Lives above all matter. We know this, right? Everyone can accept that. But at least let us know what we're in for.
I mean, I'm recording this right now. Again, I, 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 I find and I feel as though I'm fortunate. I really, really am fortunate. I do have, a, I do have an emergency fund. I have reduced debts down. My outgoings down to a minimum. There are millions of people who are not in my position. Millions of people who are not in my position. And they're in this position for no fault of their own. Which leads me back to the main point. Why on earth, how can we not be taught these essential life skills when it comes to money? How? How can we be left to our own, to our own devices, to the mercy of, what, of the future and whatever, because we were never equipped with these skills? How on earth? And yeah, there might be a small population of the percentage of the population, I should say, who did get this stuff. But the vast majority of us didn't. And I know for a fact that I didn't. I only know this stuff because I've been in financial services. And I understand how things work now because of my experience and my qualifications. Most people aren't supposed to know this stuff because that's, this is not their field of expertise. How can we continue like this? It's not good enough for this generation. It failed the generation before us. It's definitely going to fail the generation that's coming behind us. We need to change that. So, guys... I'm going to get off my soapbox. I really, really, really wish everyone well. Please focus on the controllables because this is going to be so, so important. Control the things that you can control. COVID, we can't control. But your money, your budgeting, how far your money goes, you can control. So you have to make, if you have to make, tough decisions now, make them and use this as a learning curve for the future. This will only be short-lived. Yes, it's gonna be painful right now, right? But the bigger picture is this. This will happen again. It might not be COVID, but it will be a recession. It will be a market crash in some way, shape or form. Are we going to be better prepared than we are right now for the next one when it comes along? What are we going to learn now? That's the big challenge for this episode. Are you willing to do what you need to do in order to make sure that you are going to be in a better position? Because guess what? I certainly am. and I will be in a better position than, than what I am in right now. And I, I consider myself lucky. So are you willing to do what is necessary? That's my challenge to you. I'm sure that answer to that question will be a resounding yes. And it starts with education. It starts with talking about money. If you're really, really struggling right now, I encourage you to speak to friends, family, people that you trust about your situation, because guess what? You're not going to be the only one. There will be friends, family, that you, people that you know in exactly the same position with exactly the same worry. And that's not to say that you should form a pity party, but it will give you solace in knowing that you're not alone. And there is strength in that. People can pull together as a community, as a family, to get each other out of these kind of situations. So please have conversations. Please reach out. Please seek information. I'm obviously a conduit here on the podcast. I'm a conduit here over on, on YouTube. And this year has been amazing for me. I, you know, I, I, as much as you know, I have a little bit of worry about what's going to happen in the next few months, I have to look back and be thankful because this year has been a revelation, a revelation for me. I started this podcast in January with zero listeners, average about two and a half, three thousand 3,000 listeners per month right now. I started YouTube was zero. I'm now about 5,700 subscribers on YouTube. This, is, this year, as tough as it has been, has been life-changing for me in a good way. I'm now 
in a position where I'm actually creating a business on YouTube, which I thought was an absolute fallacy when I heard people talk about it. But it is possible. Generating money on YouTube because I'm creating content that people listen to and enjoy and people engage with me and we're building a community. I never thought that was possible. This has given me the fulfillment that I've been seeking for years and years and years. And if I'm honest, whilst it has been completely scary, COVID has definitely given me the gift of taking the jump from corporate for in a, from a place where I was seeking fulfillment for years and never found any. So I am thankful and I find myself in a very, very fortunate position, regardless of whatever worries I might have in the back of my mind. And I want to encourage you guys. I'm being serious, by the way. Education has failed us massively, massively. We cannot rely on one stream of income. So whatever your skill is, try to monetize that. You can be good at video, audio. You can be good at photography. You can be good at drawing, painting. I don't care what it is. Find a way to monetize that. If you've got a particular skill set that people want to hear about, start a freaking YouTube channel. I'm telling you right now, it's amazing what happens when you try to help people and empower people and you have a story to tell. So guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. There'll be more coming from this year, I'm sure, during the week. So I'll be interested to see what packages they will be rolling out to support people. I've got a couple of guests planned for the next two episodes. They might be pushed back depending on what happens this week and what news comes out. We might revisit it on Monday, I'm not sure. But I appreciate you. And please just remember, check in with yourself. What are you thankful for? Be mindful of your mental health, your health altogether, and control the controllables. This is Lockdown 2.0. We are where we are. There's nothing we can do about it, but we can control certain things. So let's focus on the controllables. I appreciate you guys. Have a great week. Catch you soon.